Welcome to the Story Engine. I'm Tristan Verboven. In most languages, history and story are the same word. Yet we make a distinction. History is about facts, and stories are mere concoctions. History is the domain of academics, due diligence to the study of time. Stories are works of fiction, the playthings of bards and entertainers. On this podcast, they are one. History becomes the work of the raconteur. Now unleashed from the page, it may take a life of its own. People in the first century BC didn't call it the Third Servile War. They mostly just called it the Gladiator War, or the Slave Rebellion, or just simply the War of Spartacus. Most of what we know about it today comes from the writings of Plutarch and Apian, but nobody knows what happened quite like Doc Onimaeus. Doc Onimaeus was close to Spartacus and his brother-in-arms Crixus, and one of the few survivors of their revolt. As their fight trainer, he knew them as Sparky Cuffs and Chris the Fix. And while he's careful to downplay his own role in the rebellion, he is a valuable eyewitness to it. In this episode, we sort through his lost tapes, Interviews conducted during an extensive investigation into the causes of the incident. Doc Onimaeus takes us through the bittersweet ordeal and gives us crucial insight into the life and times of one of the greatest human conflicts of all time. I present to you part one of Sparky's Big Fight. You want to know about Sparky Cuffs? Why, I tell you, that was back in the day. You know, back in the good old days. That's when this world was a world of men. And this city was a tough place to be. I mean, there was, you know, there was no good guys and bad guys. It's back then, you know, you were somebody, you were a chump. That was it, no good guys, bad guys. <laughs> it was the world of hard knocks. And none of this social welfare crap. You wanted something, you had to take it. That's how it was. Or someone gonna take it from you. And yeah, back then you wanna live, you you stuck with your family, you stuck by your people, you kept your nose clean. Cause at the end of the day, that's all you had, that's all you ever was. That was that was life on the streets, you know, and 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 nobody learned that lesson. Like old Sparky Cuffs, let me tell you. I mean, yeah, Sparky Cuffs, well, that's what they called him. You know, I, nobody knew his real name. Uh, he left it uh, in whatever godforsaken place he came from. But I sure as hell wouldn't be telling his story right now. Uh, you know, he would have died to nobody, just like every other suck in this town. See, uh, back then there was somebody wet back rolling into town, working in the mills. Streets were like swarming with them, you know. This was this was right after the gang wars between Big Mario and Lucky Sully. 
I'll tell you that story another time. It's a lucky Sully, I'll tell you. Okay. Long story short, that war got every two-bit upstart in the city whacked. It was all fresh. Left it wide open for young bloods to move in. And uh, just when, you know, they finally buried the hatchet for good, this town became a place, you know, you can make a name for yourself in there. Uh, that's back when uh, Kratzo Devo ran this town. It's hard to say uh, Kratzo Devo, uh, if he was a gangster, he was legit, it didn't matter. Devo, he wasn't just rich. You know, rich people, they got money. Devo owned people. Devo owned rich people. Devo owned poor people. Made no difference to him. If you had two coins jingling in your pocket, Devo owned one of them, and he was trying to get the other. Yeah. If you could, if you could steal it, eat it, or sell it, it Devo ran it. He got that racket down. He owned the street you lived on, and he probably owned the place that you lived in. Yeah, it's, Devo had this thing going, his racket. He owned a fire brigade. Yeah, no, not the city. He owned the fire brigade. And he ran his own kind of insurance company. It was simple. Uh, he didn't put your burning house out unless he owned it first. So as long as uh, houses could burn, it was only a matter of time. You know, uh, your house burning down... Uh, he'd send this fire brigade, and he'd stand there in front of your house, and he would negotiate a price as it's crumbling in flames. And if he gets it soon enough off you and cheap enough, he put it out. He owned the mills. He owned the workers. And if, uh, if they didn't like it, he owned the strike breakers. Legions of them. I mean, it's like an army, ready to march. You run a racket like that, you're going to need muscle. And he was always looking for some kind of muscle. If you had some, uh, you had a chance to make it in the city in those days. I mean, uh, Sparky Cuffs, he, he didn't have much, but he had muscle. And uh, everything else uh, Sparky ever had was, you know, left in the mud and guts of some battlefield somewhere. His family, his people, they're lost, dead, I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? I mean, not even he cared anymore. They were long gone. The warrior turned out uh, he was better with his fists than with his hands. Lucky for him. He took his licks, caught some eyes. Before long... Uh, he found himself in the pit with fighting men. He had nothing to lose and nothing to live for. You know, the beast he had left on the battlefield came home. Sparky turned a lot of heads, broke a lot of bones. But, you know, he started making a name for himself. So along comes uh, this bulldog by the name of Krista Fix. Anyway, they made fast friends. They had to. Sparky was the only one he couldn't beat in the ring. Uh, Fix, old Fix, he didn't say much. 
but uh, he didn't have to. You know, growing up uh, with wisecracks about his accent, uh, he learned to speak with his fists. Uh, you put Krista Fix and Sparky together and <laughs> things get ugly, you know. Yeah, they get the job done. That's it. That's it. That's muscle. See, back then, if uh, if you were like most people, you were some poor, sorry, nobody just trying to live. You know, it was it was bad times. I mean, unless unless you were some kind of pampered, highfalutin, fancy pants. You know, most folks, they live day to day. They were working crappy jobs for no pay. You know, they were slaves. Literally, they were slaves, hoping for their boss to throw them a bone. You know, mostly they worked in the fields, they worked in the mills, or they stopped in the streets. That was life in the city at the time. And what was scary was... There were way more sorry nobodies than ever before. They were coming to the city in droves. They were herded around like cattle, uh, put to work in the most god-awful jobs you've ever seen. And uh, the city people, you know, the people here, they I'm talking like the fancy pants, they, they were getting freaked out by this. It was freaky, you know. People, they look funny, uh, they they talk funny, uh, there was like way too many of them, if something went wrong, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, nobody wanted to say nothing about it, because it was like, it was too scary to even think about. Sparky and the Fix, they, they, could, they could count themselves pretty lucky, on account of they were... You know, big bruises. You know, fists like apes. They were picked to fight in the ring. And uh, even though it meant going toe-to-toe -to -toe with, with killers and trained dogs, sure, it sure be working. Those crappy jobs out there, they got three squares a day, uh, roof over their head, and as long as they won fights... You know, they got whatever they wanted. They're broads, uh, nice duds, even booze. But, but one thing was clear, is that they belonged to the boss. I mean, uh, means they had to work for the boss, you know. And, uh, you know, when, and when your boss is Devo, Kratzo Devo is going to make you work. One thing about him, and uh, you know that meant that meant taking a dive when he said, that meant taking a guy out when he said, and and you know not just other fighters, it could have been anyone who stepped out of line, uh, anyone he had to lean on, you know, man, woman, child didn't matter. Business was business, and he was in the in the people business. Devo kept them quiet with muscle. He kept them happy with horses, dice, and prize fighters. And, uh, you know, as long as he had guys like Sparky and Krista Fix in his pocket, and, you know, it didn't matter who won. 
It didn't matter who won the fights. The money always flowed Devo's way. Sparky and uh, The Fix, they didn't say much. Let's put it that way. But that don't mean they weren't thinking. In the ring, they were at home. The crack of skulls, uh, the grunts of pain, roar of the the you know roar of the crowd, blood splatter. It was hard to put the beast back in the cage. You know, cracking skulls in the ring is one thing, but smacking around poor suckers trying to make a living was another. And especially when none of that money's going your way, you know, it's all going to Devo. For Sparky, these people he was roughing up, you know, they were suckers like him. They came to this rotten city just like he did. You know, their lives torn to pieces, nowhere to run, nowhere to turn, nothing to live for but, you know, fear and death, submission. He was no more a slave than them. He was one of them. He was a slave like them. Except he could do something about it. And it was only a matter of time before he started having ideas of his own. Now, uh... Devo was not a guy you want to mess with. He, uh, he may have been the richest guy in the city, if not the country, but Devo, he didn't own everybody. And no one could ever own Poppy McNess. Not even Devo. McNess was in a whole other league. Uh, he wasn't just, you know, a decorated hero, uh, a household name. I mean, this guy, you know, after what he did in the war, uh, they gave this guy a ticket tape parade. I mean, they, they practically had to beg him to take the job of chief of police. How, how could he refuse? <laughs> you know, he, he actually, he already had his eye on the job himself. And uh, the guy was practically a kid, but he was on his way up. And uh, Devo had nothing on him. Because Devo had nothing that he wanted. If anything, McNess had something Devo wanted. He was younger, he was better looking, and Devo, Devo wanted to be him, but he, he knew he never could. Besides, McNess, he was happy to let Devo run the city while he was gone. 
he couldn't he couldn't care one way or another. You know, chief of police, yeah, but as long as Devo's got it under control, he's going to be uh, busy taking care of the big stuff. You know, he was mopping up gangs in the West Side. Uh, he had to clean up his own house. Don't forget. And the uh, last thing he wanted to do was put the heat on two-bit street hustlers downtown. You know, that was a lot of work, and, and uh, it was dirty, dirty work. That was work for bottom feeders like Devo. Yeah. Poppy McNess, he was after the big game. And, uh, you know, uh, you got a, you got a situation the way it is, you know. Big crowded city, uh, n nobody in charge but a bunch of stupid goons. Uh, you know, thing things started to happen. Accidents, <laughs> accidents started to happen, and uh, all it took was for one thing to go wrong, and the whole place goes bananas. You know, heaven forbid, uh, these these workers, you know, who are like everywhere, decide they ain't gonna work or something. Mm -hmm. Or worse, they're gonna shut down the docks, the mills. They're gonna start acting up, wrecking stuff. You know, the fancy pants, uh, they're gonna have a hell of a problem on their hands. Messy, you know, real messy. I mean, it happens. You know, it happens every now and again. Um, you know, some workers uh, get lippy. You know, they don't want to work or whatever. They, uh, they're organizing. Devo, he, he, he sends a couple of his boys down to talk to them, you know, rough them up a bit, smack them around in front of the others. Everybody just kind of goes back to work. You know, another day at the office. Well, that's exactly what Sparky and the Fix were doing that day when everything did go wrong, where the whole the whole thing went down. I, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, about that day, is that nobody at the mill, woke up that morning thinking, you know, they were going to be part of history. N not even Sparky. He had no idea. It, you know, if they had a, a human thought in their head, uh, they were thinking about, you know, the miserable, grueling hardship they were about to face. Um, and not much else. Uh, it was no picnic, you know, endless days, back-breaking work, dangerous. I mean, and 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 most of these guys, you know, they knew they, they were never getting out of there. That was, you know, they were going to die in there working for the machine, working for Devo. And, and that was it. Tell me what happened when Sparky and the Fix first got in there. But when Sparky and the Fix strolled in that day, it was, you know, it was business as usual. I mean, only this time, something was different. The Fix, you know, he did his usual thing. 
took a guy off the line, uh, started smacking him around the head, you know, rough him up a bit. Uh, sometimes it seemed like uh, the fix actually kind of, he kind of liked this part of the job. There was, there was something in his blood, something, uh, something left from the old country uh, that made him a brute, you know. Like in the in his past life, he was like a, a marauding barbarian. And, uh, not not Sparky though. I mean, Sparky. He was he was a soldier, you know. But a cold-blooded killer. Well, I guess. I mean, if he had to be, you know, as long as as long as he's facing men in battle, yeah, it's a killer. But this. This, this was not soldier's work. This was slave work. And uh, it, it was times like this when, when Sparky knew that he was really nothing more than a slave. And uh, so the fix, uh, he's, you know, he's putting the screws to this kid. I mean, uh, turns out <laughs> this kid uh, probably just got off the boat. Uh, he, uh, he had a bit of fight in him, you know, cause he, he don't fix a bit of chin music, whacked him one, like right in front of everybody. What, the kid punched him? Yeah, the kid, he like, like socked him out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, the fix didn't know what hit him. Uh, it, it, you know, it takes a bit more than that to drop a guy like fix, you know, but still pretty ballsy. Anyways. Sparky, he just sat back and he watched what he's gonna do. You know, like no nobody was as shocked as the kid himself. I mean, as soon as he done it, he dropped to his knees, and started begging for his life. You know, he's like he's like wailing in some other foreign language, like just babbling away. But but like something happened, like something happened to the fix. Something I don't know, something clicked because. Uh, Instead of breaking this poor kid's neck with his bare hands, uh, I mean, the kid was like babbling away. You see, he could he could understand what he was saying, right? Like he realized, like he spoke this kid's language, and with his massive hand, he took the kid by his throat and he's like trying to shut him up, like trying to silence him. And then there's more workers started begging, you know, for his life in that language. As the kid, he's squirming for his life. And uh, the fix, he stops, he just, he, you know, he just, he turned to Sparky and, and, and there were, there were tears running down his face. I mean, These were his people. Yet, in all this mess, in all this misery, the fix, he found his people. Well, I mean, whew, for, all, for Sparky, it all happened in a moment. He, he saw what was going down and he couldn't stop it. He knew, he knew that the fix couldn't go through with it. And he knew uh, he couldn't go through with it either now. Sparky took Fix's arm 
his, you know, his hand was still gripping the kid's throat. And, uh, and without a word, the fix slowly let his hand go limp. And boy, that boy, he fell down to the ground. He was choking for air. But that was it. They both knew it. That was it. At that moment, they crossed the line. They were all in. It seems like a small thing, you know, let letting the kid go uh, without giving him, giving him his licks. But in that moment, they made a decision. And when you're working for Devo, you don't make decisions. When you're in the business of people, you can never look soft. Never. And, and, and Devo was going to make an example out of them, you know, just, just to keep his street rep, just for his reputation. Uh, they, and they both knew what this meant. And they had to, they had to work fast. What, what they did, you know, what they were doing at that moment took a lot of balls and unless you back it up quick, you're going to come off as weak. Sparky knew that he'd have a mob on his hands in the mill if, if he didn't take care of business right then and there. And he says, he says these words. I mean, I'll never forget it. He said, he said to them, You got nothing to fear from these brutes. This kid got fight in him, and so do you. If you got hands, you got fists. If you got tools, you got weapons. If you got fight, if you got fight, then you got freedom. It's yours for the taking. And uh, the, the workers... I mean, I don't know, maybe they were scared, maybe they were confused, uh, maybe they just forgot what it was to think, but uh, Chris the Fix, he stood up in front and he grabbed a hammer from one of the workers and he just, he just put it up in the air, over his head. And then in, in that language, in his own language, you know, like a, like a crazy animal, he hollered out this battle cry. Yeah. And then that was it. The workers, they hollered it back. And then he was screaming it out again. And the workers were screaming it back. And now it was beautiful, man. It was, if you'd see, it was revolution. It was, it was revolution. It was amazing. So what happened with Devo? 
as soon as the word got out that the mill was taken over and that uh, people were starting to come out of the woodwork, uh, suddenly everybody started getting brave, you know. Uh, people just dropped what they were doing and walked off their jobs. And, and their boss couldn't do nothing about it. I mean, before you knew it, they were showing up at the mill in droves, you know, wanting to join up. And it was pandemonium. Uh, and, and when Devo found out his boys were behind this mess, well, it was not going to be pretty. He was, he was mad as hell. He was, who he was mad. Devo uh, rounded up every pipe-fitting ape he had in his pocket and sent them down to teach Sparky and Fix a lesson. He figured a few dozen bruises, you know, should be enough to settle the score. Uh, but pretty soon he realized that they were going to need more guys. And, and when Sparky met them at the gates of the mill... Uh, you know, it was either join the mob of thousands or answer to it. And the, the choice was clear, you know. These these bruises, they were joining the mob too. Uh, hey, they could use some trained fighters, you know. Uh, they could use some muscle in, in the mob, sure. For what was going to come, you better believe it. Uh, three days went by after they took the mill. And uh, Sparky knew that the next time somebody visit, it's going to be guys with weapons, you know, and more of them. And uh, he'd rather, you know, fight them uh, with an army than with a mob of whoever. So each of the fighters in the group had 20 guys. They trained them, uh, you know, to fight. And then each of them trained 20 more. It's how they used to do it in the army. And uh, they didn't have much to go on, you know, uh, a ragtag bunch of lost souls. But after their whole lives working for the man, you know, this time they were gonna fight. They, they was it. They were, uh, they had their backs against the wall. They were, they were gonna be ready for it. Cause they knew that as long as they're fighting, they're free. They gotta be fighting to be free. Well, uh, this point, you know, Devo's losing it. He's. Ooh, he's losing it. And and by losing it, <laughs> I mean he's losing workers. He's losing muscle. Uh, he's losing money. And that meant losing control. And uh, he wasn't done yet. He was only getting started. And, and he, wasn't, he wasn't the only one either. This is exactly what every fancy pants in the city was afraid of. Uh, they had always said this would happen one day. Now it's happening, but it's happening like in a really big way and something had to be done. 
You know, something had to be done. Someone's got to step up and and solve this one. Uh, and it's gonna take a little more than sending over a couple of tough guys. Now, uh, the cops were hoping that they wouldn't have to deal with this. You know. Uh, they sent a couple of lightweight desk jockeys from downtown to sort it out. You know, they figured it'd be easy. Uh, crack a few heads, call it a day. You know, send in the riot cops. Well, a couple of riot cops. Uh, a couple of hundred uniformed men in full gear, I should say. Uh, should do the trick, right? Uh, they show up at the mill... And, uh, and this time they were mad as hell, you know, and there was plenty of them and they weren't scared of nothing. And Sparky and the Fix had, had no idea how they got into this mess, but they, uh, they had a feeling that, uh, this was going to be the only way out, you know, finish what they started, the fight. This is, uh, this was the way they lived. This was the way they was going to die. Uh, only this time, you know, they had an army at their backs. It was crazy. I mean, it was a war zone. Uh, on the one hand, you know, on the one side, you got these soldiers, you know, just picture it. Shields, glistening helmets, marching in formation. And on the other side, you got, you know, everybody. <laughs> I mean, everybody. Because by now, it's pretty much uh, every single poor, miserable, angry soul in the city had joined up. You know, thousands of them. And mad as hell. And ready to fight. Every tool, every weapon, you know, pointed stick. They were looking for blood. Who took the first shot? Doesn't matter. Because at this point, this thing was going to happen no matter what. They, there wasn't going to be any talking this through, any negotiations, nothing. This fight was a long time coming. And hey, today's the day. <laughs> Today, the workers, they're shouting, they're chanting. The crowd's getting bigger and bigger. And then it's like, all of a sudden, there's quiet. Thousands of people ready to get revenge, you know, ready to go all out. But it's, it's real quiet. And the, the uniforms, you know, they're standing in line. Uh, they're holding up their wall of shields and the mass of crowd all around them, ready to pounce. And then, just out of nowhere, uh, Sparky and Chris, uh, they let out the battle cry, and <laughs> the, it was hell on earth. I mean, all hell broke loose. It was nuts. I mean, the slam, the crashing, it, the roar of the crowd slamming against the wall like a pack of wild beasts. It was like... It was like the roar of uh, fans in a fight. Uh, the roar was angry. It was crazy. It was, it sent shivers up your spine. They just, 
he just smashed and smashed and smashed those soldiers to pieces. I mean, just crushed them like a wave. They didn't know what hit them. Just hacking and slashing and screaming. And when, when the dust settled, there was nothing left of them. I don't know how many hundred soldiers showed up that day to that fight, but after the fight, there was nothing, nothing left. Nothing there. And um, in all the mayhem, you know, all the destruction, all the madness, when it's all over, Sparky's, he's just, he just stood there in the middle of the mess, just stood there. Bodies everywhere, blood all over everything. The fight was over, but, but there was no roar of the crowd. You know, that was the thing. This time, there were no chanting fans. Uh, there were no cheering, just just moaning bodies, a, a calm breeze, and and men, women, children all around him, just 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 crying, weeping. Some of them crying because the loss of their loved ones. Others loss of words. You know they they couldn't believe what they had just done. They just wandered around, confused. One minute, cheering for joy, the next, crying uncontrollably. It, it was, it was all just terrible, terribly, terribly real. And, and old Sparky, I'll never forget it. He just, he just stood there in the middle of this mess and, and his face said nothing. He, he said, said nothing.
Thank you.